0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, Danny Sarek joins me. It is game week, finally. But before we get to Sunday, the news on Wednesday. Quarterback shuffling. Who was, and maybe more importantly, who wasn't on the practice field. Plus, the number is eight, as in eight team captains. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 587, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 the backfield and down he goes for a loss j.j watt nailed it cardinals cover two is presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com podcasts he's at the 10 half the five he's in again some more merry magic wow here's craig grialu before we really dive into the news of the day, I understand, Danny, that there is going to be another promo, an unannounced promo for Hard Knocks in season. HBO is still to unveil at least one more promo. I Bird Gang, I just I just found this out. Now, if you've been following Hard Knocks training camp of the Detroit Lions, there's always this what 15, 20 second promo at the end to promote in season Hard Knocks. Well, we've seen D Hop, Buda Baker, Cliff in his makeshift office, the owner and general manager sitting in the stands, and most recently was Kyler. But now, Danny, there's a, another one. There's supposed to be a sixth promo for Hard Knocks in season.
1: Uh, I can't confirm okay. that. Uh, <laughs> what you're referring to was, you know, our organization is getting ready for the game in Mexico City against the 49ers uh, in November. And so I'm one of the people who, with the timing, my passport is expiring very, you know, close after that game. So I'm going through the process of getting it renewed. And so when I had to go meet with whoever the official people were to finalize my paperwork today, I sit down at the table and I look up to grab a pen and start signing things. And there's a camera in my face. And then I look to the side and there's somebody snapping pictures. I'm like, what is going on here? And then I saw they're wearing like guest pass credentials. And I'm like well, the only people who would maybe care about any of this stuff has got to be Hard Knocks, because they don't have their normal crew, but they do have, they started at practice on Wednesday. They had a sm- very small crew out here. Oh was like just, five of them. Well, that's small for what they're okay. going to be. Just, just I think, to for that first episode to kind of recap things. So I'm assuming that's what it was of people getting footage of the team getting ready for Mexico City. But I'm like, There's no way people care about me getting my passport renewed compared to the players who were doing it after me, right? I don't think I'm going to make a promo. you You
0: need to ask for that footage because then you can put it on your own social streams.
1: Oh, yeah. Because it was riveting riveting footage, Craig.
0: <laughs> they were at, talking about HBO Hard Knocks. They were at practice. They were right there for Cliff when he addressed the media, for Kyler when he addressed the media. And it's not going to start until November 9th. But to your point, they need footage. They need B-roll. And then just to kind of go over these first eight weeks before Hard Knocks really gets into what's going on for the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, it's, again, it's just you know fascinating that they chose you over – you know, DeAndre Hopkins? Well,
1: I don't know they chose me over. Maybe they were standing there for everybody.
0: I guess it wouldn't be D-Hop. He's not in the building. Uh, like a Kyler Murray, Isaiah Simmons, J.J. Well, J. Watt. I don't know if this is everyone. Danny Sarek th- is better than all of those players. <laughs> this might
1: just be people who are having to get their passport renewed as opposed to if okay. your passport was fine. So I don't know the details. Um, but if I happen to make a promo <laughs> and I look surprised, now you understand why it caught me off guard. <laughs>
0: Fascinating about this footage and all of it. I'm actually looking forward to what's going to be out there on November 9th and Hard Knocks in season because I know we're in the building a lot. We like to think we're in the know, but there is so much that goes on in this entire building that I am literally just clueless about. I have no idea until whether it's announced or we actually see it in a press release or on the football field.
1: Yeah, they're going to be in the meeting rooms. They're going to be all up in everybody's grill, which. I can't imagine a lot of players like. I know for a fact offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham is not too thrilled. He's, he's said to me before, how would you feel if cameras followed you around all day at work? And I didn't really say it, but in my head I'm like, well, it's, it's kind of close to what I do for work. <laughs> but I do get your point.
0: Yeah, reality TV at its best. So that is coming up November 9th, HBL Hard Knocks in season. All right, here we are, Wednesday. This, I know there was a bonus practice on Monday, but Wednesday of game week. It is here. And before we kind of get into what we saw and what we didn't see at practice, correct me, and maybe uh, maybe this is just me. Team captains. Big deal, not a big deal. To me, Danny, it's more symbolic. Yeah, you get to walk out to midfield, be a part of the coin toss. You get that C on your jersey, which looks really nice. But outside of that, I mean, there's not much to it. Uh, from a, from an outside perspective, I do think that team captains need to be out and made available to the media. Those are your forward-facing individuals. But other than that, whether it's six, six, Eight Cardinals announced eight different players team captains. I just it, it it it's nice on the jersey, but outside of that, I just I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Am I wrong?
1: No, you're not wrong. I agree with you. And the thing is, at least with the Cardinals, when you look at this captains list, which includes quarterback Kyler Murray, center Rodney Hudson, left tackle D.J. Humphreys, running back James Connor, linebacker Dennis Gardeck, defensive lineman J.J. Watt, and safeties Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, when you look at this list. These are the, are the players who are vocal and who are leaders with or without that, that C badge on their jersey. So that's why I, I get, I'm, I'm agreeing with you of these are the leaders, but regardless of having that captain badge, this is, this is the group you would see and expect to be the leaders in their position rooms, offense, defense, special teams. So, yeah, I think it's more of an honor, um, respect. You know, um, Jalen Thompson. I'm pretty sure this is the first time in his career he's been. It is, yeah. A captain. I just saw him walk in, uh, in the in the building here at the facility, and said like, "Hey, congrats! You've had a great couple of days. The extension, the, the becoming captain." He sounded like, "Yeah, thanks. Like it's it's been it's been a good couple of days." So, but you're right. It it is more. I think just symbolic out of respect and and these are the players that you would expect and now are going to be the leaders on that team
0: individually i'm sure it means a lot because when we have the opportunity to ask these players oh yeah it, it means something to them individually i just don't know how big of a deal it is when it comes to the day-to-day and an extra responsibility to your point those eight players they're your forward-facing individuals offense defense they're going to be speaking. They're going to be out there on the football field. They are your leaders, whether they have that C or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I am not really surprised by anyone on this list. I do think it is exciting for someone like Jalen Thompson, who has played so well and earned that contract extension he recently got and to be named captain. That's where I think it's it's special, Of especially that first time of I've earned this. Like I've earned this with my play on the field. I've earned this with the work I do in the film room, with the leadership that I've shown in the locker room. So that that's why I do think you know it, it is cool and it you know can be a big deal for a lot of these players. But you're right. At the end of the day, it's these are the players who are going to be vocal and leading anyway, with or without that badge. This just makes it more official.
0: First time for Jalen Thompson, for Kyler Humphreys, Dennis Gardeck, and Buddha Baker. This is their third straight year wearing the C with the Arizona Cardinals. So that was announced post practice. Now during practice, during the open portion of practice, I'll say this: there was some encouraging signs. And then some not-so-encouraging signs. I don't like to make a big deal out of Wednesday's practice because there's still a couple of days left and some players don't need as much practice time. But let's go to the encouraging sign. And it was seeing Zach Ertz on the practice field. How much he did doesn't matter. He was on the practice field for the first time in a month. I believe it was the first week of August in training camp. That was the last time he did any football-related activities, at least in front of our eyes, so seeing him, considering how big of a factor he's going to be within this offense, positive step to see number 86 on the football field.
1: Absolutely. And head coach Cliff Kingsbury said in his presser Wednesday. He's day-to-day. Um, Rondale Moore has been out there. Uh, I Until we get the injury report, I'm still not sure what that exact injury he was working through the last couple of days, maybe a week or two at this point. Um, Jonathan Ward was out there as well, who's, who's had a shoulder. So it'll be interesting until we get that first injury report. But you're right, seeing Zach Ertz out there is is a good step in the right direction. Um, but I'm sure you're going to get to the not-so-encouraging people who were not out on the field, Craig. Again,
0: it's Wednesday. No one's been ruled out. That doesn't happen until later in the week. But when you do not see J.J. Watt, you do not see Marcus Golden, you do not see Trayvon Mullen, and you do not see Rodney Hudson. Now, Hudson we have seen on the practice field. He's kind of dealing with the knee, but they're, t- really, they're really slow playing him to make sure he's ready for week one. And I don't think there's an issue with Rodney Hudson. But J.J. Watt, we found out, dealing with a calf issue now. Marcus Golden still dealing with that toe, or maybe it's something more than that. Trayvon Mullen dealing with a toe, something that he's dealt with for much of this offseason. And that to me is the big concern is Trayvon Mullen because you acquired someone that is hurt, which doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense, especially at a position where there is so much need against a very good Kansas City offense.
1: I think the way I the way I see getting Trayvon Mullen is he obviously had to go through a physical, so it's not like they were would have been surprised, you know, putting him out on the practice True. field of dealing with anything. So the fact that they still signed him tells me that they probably expect him to be ready early in the season, if not week one. I can't imagine you signing a player who you're not expecting to come back before week four or five because, I mean, who who knows? And Cornerback Antonio Hamilton, who was on the um, NFI list because he posted that he had kind of a freak accent in the kitchen and and burned a lot of his legs and his feet. So he's out for four weeks. So who knows if Hamilton Hamilton will be ready to come back by that point, but – If Hamilton will be back around week four or five, to me, why would you bring in Mullen if you're not expecting him to be back before that point? So that's what I think on that. And I also think they feel comfortable enough having Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson as your starting cornerbacks. And maybe you kind of adjust the way you're using Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. You're not going to put Murphy in the slot as much. You're just going to adjust with the rest of the DBs. That's the way I see bringing in Mullen if he's already or if he's still, I guess, dealing with that injury from the spring um J.J. Watt was interesting learning about the calf I know you saw him out at practice uh last week it was
0: last week early last week his first time because he missed the Tennessee Titans trip and that with COVID practice because COVID but when the team came back that first practice he was on the side and then we didn't see him the rest of the week (laughs) And still haven't seen him on the practice field.
1: Didn't Kingsbury say also day-to-day? Yes. So
0: We're all day-to-day. We're all
1: day-to-day. That's true. You're right. It is early in the week. Uh, even recording this, we have not received the official injury report, which we now get now that the regular season has officially begun in terms of practicing and all those protocols. Um, so we'll see. That That is pretty interesting. Marcus Golden is, is an interesting topic. Um, we've been told it's a tow.
0: That's what he we've has, been told.
1: I will say on social media, not often, but the few times he has been active on social media have been a little cryptic, you could say, he's entering a contract year and he's watching his quarterback, his left tackle, his safety, get these new deals. Um, who knows if that, if that is playing a role in any of this? I'm not sure, but we have not seen or heard from Marcus in how many weeks at this point?
0: It's been more than a month.
1: More than a month. So we'll see.
0: That's a favorite phrase of one head coach Cliff Kingsbury. (laughs) But when you're going against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and the number of offensive weapons that they have, you either have to A, affect the quarterback, meaning you have to get into the backfield. Who's going to rush the quarterback? If you do not have a Marcus Golden and you're relying on a Dennis Gardak, who two years ago was great, can he be that same player? Yeah, you have De'on, Devon Kennard on the practice squad. and It certainly sounded like, listening to Cliff earlier today, that that was something that was going to happen. Kennard's going to get elevated every single week until they have to put him on the active roster permanently. So that is gives you more depth, but you don't have a lot behind those two considering the youth with the Victor DiMuchegi, MyJay Sanders, and Cameron Thomas.
1: You're right. When you look at the pass rush, if you're not going to have Marcus Golden at this point, especially if J.J. Watt is unavailable to play. It it seems more like, you're right, how do you slow down or disrupt Patrick Mahomes if you know it's not so realistic for a a player like that who's so dynamic and mobile and can extend plays and make these crazy throws? It's going to be a really, really important game for that secondary. You're going to have to have great coverage so that Mahomes is going to hold on to that ball and he's not going to have a lot of options and then give your front seven a chance to to get to him, get the ball. You know, So it's obviously that's important every game, but I think when you look at the quarterback you're facing, possibly being without one of your top defensive players in J.J. Watt, and looking at the pass rush right now where you might not have Marcus Golden, it's going to be a really, really big game for Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson Buda Baker
0: and the question is
1: Isaiah Simmons outside (laughs) of
0: the cornerback position though if you can rely on a Byron Murphy and a Marco Wilson question mark question mark question mark you do not have the opportunity to have Antonio Hamilton until week five and we do not know about Trayvon Mullen although I was not encouraged when Kingsbury says quote I'm not sure he'll be available end quote so that does not sound like Mullen is going to be available. So then what do you have left? Well, Javelin Guidry and Christian Matthew. Again, unknowns. So it is, for me right now, and we'll hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph later in the week, but I am real concerned about this matchup from a defensive standpoint because I think the Cardinals can score points. Can they stop the Chiefs from scoring points or just stop them enough times to allow Kyler Murray do what he does so well?
1: Yeah, and and when you look at this Kansas City offense, their receivers look pretty different. They brought in some different receivers. They no longer have Tyreek Hill. So you hope maybe in terms of chemistry that can benefit the Cardinals defense. Now, look, you're still playing Patrick Mahomes, so I'm not not saying that, you know, he can't find a way to get the job done. But the big security blanket for him is Travis Kelsey. So that's all Isaiah Simmons. It's going to be a really big matchup. And I asked Isaiah Simmons in the locker room on Wednesday, so what, what's the key to slowing down Kelsey? And he just looked at me and smiled and said, don't let him catch the ball. And that was it. It was short and sweet. It sounds that easy. So <laughs> that's all it takes, Greg.
0: Yeah, easier said than done. But that is going to be a fascinating matchup to watch and see how it plays out. I'm just, I'm, again, not to alarm anyone, it is Wednesday There are still several days to go before we get to Sunday. And as the season progresses, we'll get to the point where it doesn't matter to me who or who does not practice on Wednesday just because they've had so many games under their belt. But when we're talking about Watt, Golden, Ertz, these players that have not practiced. In a long time, we have not seen them do football activities in a long time. It's one thing if you're playing on Sunday and then take a couple of days off and then playing again. Like, I have no problem if DeAndre Hopkins, like, does not practice because he's shown that he can perform. But if you have an injury or there's something that's lingering, you need to get on that field just to see what you can do before the lights are on.
1: Right, and so I would imagine if those players like Watt and Ertz are game ready, they're probably going to be limited compared to what the original game plan was going to call for from them for that reason. I mean, you're coming off injury in in week one. You know, you got to take it slow. You got to be careful. I don't have any worry about them the same way I don't have any worry about DeAndre Hopkins of... Knowing game plan and knowing your role every play getting on the field if you haven't been able to practice, that doesn't concern me at all. Look at Zach Ertz coming in in October last year and the first game with Kyler Mert. Like, th- that doesn't concern me, the mental aspect. But you're right. I think it'll be if they are able to play in a more limited fashion than what would you know, be ideal.
0: Now the other bit of news with respects to the roster and not a big deal until it becomes a big deal. The Cardinals' number 2 quarterback for the next four weeks is Trace McSorley. And it has everything to do with because Colt McCoy is unavailable. Placed on injured reserve, not because of the arm, which was a issue in training camp, but apparently he hurt his calf in practice on Monday, and that's going to sideline him for the next month.
1: Jeez, we got to bring in some new calves. That's Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt, Colt McCoy. What is going on?
0: Sometimes there's position groups that get hit hard, and then there's sometimes there's just a, a, an injury, whether it's a hamstring. Last year was the ribs, like offensive linemen and defensive linemen were getting rib injuries. Calvin Beecham, Rodney Hudson, all it was like rib injuries. I was like what? So yeah, it's the calf. That that's the theme. That's the injury of the training camp.
1: Look, it's unfortunate, but the you know if you're going to have a backup quarterback in this situation, like I I think this team feels confident in what Trace McSorley can do if he had to step in, and this is somebody who was here at the end of last year, somebody who was here in the offseason, training camp, preseason. So this isn't a quarterback you just kind of acquired and doesn't really know the game the game book. So obviously you want Colt McCoy there, but. You know, All things considered, you're hoping Trace McSorley doesn't have to see the field, but at least if if something happens knock on wood, this is a player who understands this offense.
0: No one cares about the backup quarterback unless one of two things happens. One, that starter struggles. Or two, the starter gets hurt. Last year, Colt McCoy comes in for three games, goes two and one. Perfect. But you never want to see your backup quarterback on the football field. And I'll say this, based off of the fact that McSorley did get so many reps in practice, and he and Jarek Arantano, who is back on the practice squad, those were the only two quarterbacks that took a single snap in the preseason. I'm comfortable with McSorley being the backup in an emergency, meaning a series or two, fourth quarter, not long-term. That would be Colt McCoy. But in the short term, sure, McSorley has shown that he can be just good enough, and then, of course, everyone else around him would have to elevate their games and your defense would have to step up as well.
1: Yeah, it's just – it's it's crazy when you think about a couple months ago. The talk was, okay, no, no D-hop for six weeks. How do you adjust? And then you look at this offense, and through those first four weeks, now you also don't have Colt McCoy as your backup quarterback. You don't have wide receiver Antoine Wesley, who's got a hip and groin going on. On defense, you don't have Antonio Hamilton. So it's it's crazy how – even though the regular season is just now starting, it's inevitable that, you know, some of your players are already gonna get banged up a little bit.
0: And these players, Danny, that we're talking about, did not play in the preseason. These are injuries, now minor injuries, soft tissue injuries that are happening in practice, but they linger. It's not where you've got a set timetable, hey, three to four weeks it heals. You don't know what they calf. You don't know what they hamstring. Some of these issues, you know, they're you could be feeling good. And then all of a sudden, the next play, boom, you're done. And then it's a setback and you're out a couple of months.
1: Yeah, that's what you're obviously not hoping for. I think when you look at tight ends, I mean, you know, thinking about Zach Ertz, we've heard that Max Williams is a full go, which you hope for coming off that gnarly ACL injury where he had multiple surgeries and has been in that full leg leg brace. But Trey McBride has gotten a lot of compliments, even from his quarterback and his press conference on Wednesday of really seeing a jump in improvement the last week and a half or two weeks, really stepping up ahead of this game. Um, you know, when you look at the wide receivers without having D hop and Antoine Wesley, it's just, you're going to have to, they're going to have to rely on speed more so than that height and that aggressiveness you get from a Wesley and a Hopkins. Cause right now you've got AJ green and that's your height. And then you've got to rely on speed for Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Andy Isabella, Greg Dortch. So it's, it's just going to be a, a lot of adjustments.
0: You might see more tight ends playing wide receiver, meaning, yeah, it's 12 personnel, 13 personnel, but a Zach Ertz, a Steven Anderson, Max Williams, maybe they'll line up in the slot. Ertz talked about being the ex-receiver. This was discussed in the offseason. We know Steven Anderson can line up in the backfield. He played a little fullback with the Chargers. So you have tight ends in name, but maybe they're utilized in differently than what the typical tight end position does with the hand in the dirt and you're there to block chip and then flare out because right now you've got how many tight ends you've got four tight ends five wide receivers and five running backs so it's not like this team is missing pieces as far as an offensive skill set it's just you are heavy in positions that this coaching staff i.e. the head coach typically doesn't use a lot of running backs. Typically doesn't utilize a number of tight ends. It's more about let me get four receivers out there, five receivers, and let me throw the football.
1: And who knows? Maybe when you got to start making roster spots for players that are going to be coming back, you know, like the D Hop and and all that. May, maybe that the numbers adjust here and there as you go throughout the season. But you're right. The running backs is interesting with a, a pass-heavy team. I think it's more so really liking what you have in rookie Keanu Ingram and not wanting. To risk losing him by hitting waivers, Jonathan Ward, big special teams player, and then really liking Eno Benjamin, but still bringing in Daryl Williams to complement James Conner. So, it will be interesting to see how they utilize all of those running backs in a crowded room. I don't necessarily think Ingram's going to get a lot of playing time. I think it's you know according to the depth chart, those top three are James Conner, Eno Benjamin, and Daryl Williams. But when you're looking again, talking about the tight ends and the wide receivers. Probably going to see a lot more of those pass plays going to those running backs. You know, when you're giving James Conner a break, maybe now he can, of course, catch the ball. But I'm thinking more Daryl Williams, you know, Benjamin in a lot of those situations. Maybe we see a lot more of that. And maybe this offense looks different in those first six weeks, adjusting to not having Hopkins, at least in those first four weeks, also not having Wesley than it will later on in the season.
0: Interesting to see that depth chart list, Eno Benjamin or... Daryl Williams. Both number
1: two. Two number twos.
0: Behind James Conner. We know Eno Benjamin can play on special teams. He's listed as your first team kick returner. So the question becomes: All right, if you are a running back and you're not playing special teams, what are you doing? And that would be Daryl Williams because I don't know how much special teams he's done in the past. He hasn't been asked to the to do that when he was with the Chiefs.
1: Absolutely, I will say I got a chance Wednesday to um, do my first sideline exchange interview of the regular season and got a chance to talk with Daryl Williams going up against his former team, and he did mention being utilized on special teams. So we'll see, you know, how much he plays a role there. Um, but yeah, he he did mention special teams when I, when I talked to him about how he's going to be utilized.
0: James Conner didn't miss a ton of time last season, but he did get nicked up, knocked around. He was active, but not really not available for that playoff game. And everyone loves what he was able to do running and catching the ball. But if you can limit, get the same effectiveness, but limit not the number of touches, but maybe the number of snaps to where you do have... You have a little bit of a running back by committee as far as making sure James Conner is not getting hit as much. I love the physicality, able to run between the tackles, not afraid to get hit, but make sure you keep him healthy longer periods of time and maybe more effective late in the season, late in games, and that's why Darrell Williams might see some more reps calls than initially thought, maybe even in Eno Benjamin as well.
1: Yeah, I think Daryl Williams has more, much more of a similar build to James Conner. If if you're looking to keep that more James Conner-esque uh, when he's not physically on the field, that to me is more of a Daryl Williams than you know Benjamin, who's smaller, pretty shifty. That that's kind of I would think Daryl Williams when James Conner for for most you know of those packages of if you're trying to still get that similar feel of James Conner while having him off the field, to me, that would be more of a Daryl Williams situation than Eno Benjamin.
0: Not to give everything away from your sideline exchange, which will be up later this week, but any nuggets, any tidbits? Because he spent four seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs to where now? All of a sudden, maybe how much insight does he have? Tendencies for certain defenders, maybe even off offensive players as well.
1: Yeah, go check it out. Cause I I, I asked him about you know four years going up against that defense in practices. You know what what is the best way for Cardinals to attack Kansas City on the ground? He answered that question. We talked about how electrifying it's going to be seeing his current quarterback Kyler Murray against his former quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Who have some similarities in the way they play and can extend plays and create something out of nothing. Uh, I asked him how much Intel defensive coordinator Vance Joseph has asked for Daryl Williams to give him. So he had some fun answers there. But yeah, sideline exchange is going to be every week talking to a player right off the practice field, looking ahead to that game, you know, maybe how their their year's gone so far, talking about their play. So going to mix it up every week. But this first week is Daryl Williams. And you're right, you can check it out on our website and the Cardinals YouTube channel later on in the week.
0: Good. First week guest. Yeah, on the I think so. Thank just the just just storyline. And, you know, we were there listening to Kyler Murray, and this whole week, you know, quarterbacks always get a lot of the attention, but this seems to be the first, and maybe it's just, you know, more a recency bias that it's the head coach, the Cardinals' head coach, that is getting the attention and not the Cardinals' quarterback, just because of Kingsbury Mahomes and that relationship going back to Texas Tech. Not that. Kyler needs any more of the spotlight, but it's interesting that everyone is focusing on the head coach and the other team's quarterback, not so much on K. One.
1: Yeah, with their relationship, and Kyler Murray talked in his press conference about he just he doesn't really know Patrick Mahomes that well because I asked him, you know, when you do you think about the similarities of Texas high school football, both playing under Cliff Kingsbury, both baseball players, the way they play the game now, and he kind of smiled. was like, I don't really think about it because you know I, I've only ever had a handful of interactions with him. So I think that's big part, two of why it's not necessarily... Of course, game-wise, game it's quarterback versus quarterback when you're talking about comparisons. But you're right of being Cliff Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes. But I will say the most impressive part, real quick, going back to Daryl Williams on Sideline Exchange, not just his answers. For those of you who haven't seen, I guess, footage or pictures from practice, Daryl we- Williams wears a hoodie every <laughs> practice. And... And uh, practice it's,
0: this morning was—it's
1: pretty toasty.
0: Yeah, it was muggy. It was—it was, it was not—it was not pleasant.
1: It is, yeah, it's pretty toasty out here. Durable in for Phoenix. the first
0: twenty minutes that we're able to watch, and, and then we, after that, we're done.
1: Well, we say that standing in the shade, not wearing <laughs> sweatshirts, Craig. But my point being, we did the interview out on the practice field, and we had brought a towel out for him in case he needed to kind of—they were coming out from the bubble in case they needed—he needed to kind of wipe down. He was like, "Oh no, I'm good. We were just in the bubble. I'm nice and cool." And I'm standing there like. I've been outside for two minutes, and I'm in a tank top, and I'm starting to get really sweaty. But if you're cool in a sweatshirt, then okay. (laughs) That was the most impressive part, was him being in a sweatshirt outside after practice and still being cool enough to not need a towel.
0: Wearing a sweatshirt in, what, 95, maybe even 100 degree weather and muggy. Yeah, he doesn't need to lose any weight. Yeah, no, not, not, not me. Not for me. Props to you, though, for doing it outside.
1: Yeah, we didn't last much longer. When it, when we wrapped it up, it was okay. Let's let's go. Let's get inside. Let's cool off.
0: Again, sideline exchange weekly with Danny Sarek, and also post game sometimes as well, and even on the road.
1: I'm everywhere. You're you can't everywhere. you can't escape me, Craig. That was like when we were in Nashville, and you were texting me like, Hey, you're on my TV. Hey, you're on my TV again. And my response was, Lucky you.
0: Yep. <laughs> and then everyone disappeared. They Everyone returned from Tennessee, and then I didn't see for an entire <laughs> week. Everyone left. It's like, okay. Yeah, extenuating circumstances, but that's all good.
1: But we're all back now.
0: Exactly. Appreciate it. And again, kickoff on Sunday, 125 Cardinals at the Chiefs. It is week one. Looking forward to this matchup and just looking forward to actually a game that counts and the speculation can kind of, I wouldn't say end, because it still continues, but at least we've got something tangible in front of us that we can dissect, as opposed to, hey, what if?
1: Absolutely, have some real, real football to talk about. And two reminder for those who are coming out to the home opener or just the rest of the season: the BetMGM sports book opens up September 11th at home game. It's the first sports book in an NFL stadium. It's in the north end of the Great Lawn. So go ahead and enjoy that for us because we yes, we cannot <laughs> so if you are coming Please out let
0: us know what it's like yeah
1: let us know what it's like uh, coming out for the home opener any of our home games be sure to go check that out it, I have seen you know the outside of it and it's been done and and before it opened I was able to kind of like get a closer look at it it is really nice it's a great prime spot where it's located so be sure to go check that out.
0: Pictures and videos would be nice. Yes. More details up on azcardinals.com, but yeah, we are not allowed to set foot in there unless approved for business purposes and business purposes only. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.